All right, welcome to the first episode of Shh, uh, podcast by librarians for librarians. For librarians, I think it could be. It's not not for them. Oh, that's true. Uh, my name is Dan Wright. I'm a librarian at Melville High School. With me, as always, even though this is the first episode, he will be forced to be on all of these episodes. <laughs> Dr. Greg Baum, introduce yourself. Well, thank you. Yeah, Dr. Greg Baum here. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Rockwood Summit High School. So, and I am also a librarian. Yeah. Right? Did you say you were a librarian? I believe I did. If I didn't, I am a librarian. Okay. Well, we got those things locked down. Yeah. We're excited to be doing this podcast. And as we waffled about at the beginning, it is for librarians. <clears throat> and we kind of envisioned it as, first and foremost, a chance for us to hang out and talk about books, but also to kind of share some random library things that we find interesting. We've got some great <laughs> commercials headed your way, sponsors, talk about uh, new YA books, what we're reading, and library best pack practices, things like that. Did I cover it, Dan? Is that kind of what we talked about? I think about? so. I think that could be the the world <laughs> is our oyster here with uh, as far as how wide we want to go with what we talk about and uh, where we want to head. But yeah, this week uh, or this episode, I don't know, this episode is going to be focused. Let's not lock ourselves down. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This, this day yeah. Uh, for tomorrow's episode could be very different. This could become an, an hourly podcast. Who knows? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> but this week, we're going to focus more on uh, on books, specifically the things that we're reading or the things that uh, maybe your students are reading or, or you might want to point them toward in the future. Uh, but yeah, who knows where we go later on? This is just the beginning of what I imagine to be a, a very long journey. Very, very long. long, very long audio journey that we're going to take you on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Odyssey of podcasts. There will be a lot of. It's certainly meandering like that. I mean, yes. there are a lot of digressions. Yes, a lot. It, it feels like we could just go straight where we're headed, but we won't. No. And we might get close to the end, and then just decide to turn all the way back around yeah. and and see where that takes us. Uh, so a real taste for it right now. Yes. This is, I mean, this is a exhibit a right here. This is the kind of magic that you're, uh, that you've tuned in for. Yeah. Um, yeah. if you, if you clicked on this link, yeah. um, so thank you for uh, clicking, uh, and you're welcome for what we're about to give you. Boy. All right, let's keep going. What are we sure. reading? We're going to talk about what we're reading first. Greg, what are you reading these days? So I just finished The State of Us by Sean David Hutchinson. And if you're not familiar with this, um, The State of Us is about uh, Dean and Dre, and they are the sons of the two major presidential candidates in a U.S. presidential election. And uh, Dre, I think, I'm trying to remember, one of them is gay and one of them is maybe gay but demisexual and so he hasn't doesn't have a real strong sex drive and that's part of what keeps them apart it's definitely a ya book <clears throat> it's definitely a romance with kind of a little bit of political subterfuge so but it what it felt like was <clears throat> like a really watered down version of red white and royal blue and if people haven't read that that's a more adult <clears throat> romance between a fictional prince of England and a fictional son of the U.S. president. Anyway, um, 
it would be it's it's probably a good addition to a collection for people trying to build you know their lgbtq titles um but it's not i don't think it's like a standout or a breakout book by any means so okay yeah no that's good to, and for a you said in the romance section that's yeah really i would build. categorize this as a romance all yeah. right yeah uh that is an area that i do not read a lot in uh, but we are always trying to find newer books to go there yeah. uh, because at some point people are going to stop saying, how about a new uh, Nicholas Sparks book? We got another one of those. <laughs> so it's just like something beyond, because yeah. that's the only author yeah. I know yeah. that exists almost completely in that space. Right. Um, so no, that's a good one. That, and that's an author uh, that readers and librarians might be familiar with from his other work. Um, yeah. So that's a, that's a good one. Um, I am in the middle of uh, King Hedley II, uh, which is part of August Wilson's century cycle or Pittsburgh cycle. And it's set in uh, the 80s. It's his uh, 80s decade entry in that cycle of plays. I kind of, I don't remember why. Maybe I saw Ma Rainey's Black Bottom uh, on Netflix in December. And I went, how am I not aware of this more? How am I not more um, in tune with August Wilson? How have I never read any of his stuff? So I kind of set up my own homework assignment to read the entirety of the century cycle. This for me is play number eight. Uh, I've been reading them kind of chronologically as he published them or as he publishes, not the right way, they're plays, uh, mm -hmm. but as they were staged. Mm -hmm. This one for the first time that I can remember uh, actually has some recurring characters. Oh, uh, interesting. They're all kind of set in the same general area of Pittsburgh, um, except for Ma Rainey, which is set in Chicago. Mm -hmm. But they're all kind of set in the same kind of area, and it deals with African-American life uh, in the 1900s. Um, and as things kind of change or maybe don't change enough mm -hmm. uh, over the course of that time, um, this one interestingly for me, because <laughs> I'm reading it, follows almost directly after, although not timeline-wise, right? It's the, the one right before this is called Seven Guitars. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's the 1940s or 50s entry. Mm -hmm. um, and so this one follows uh, the next generation of the people that were there. So a couple characters' okay. sons, okay. Um, a couple of the characters are still around, um, and it's pretty interesting so far. It's just, again, it's because you're seeing kind of over the course of a hundred years, what this life was like, and there's not a lot of crazy drama. There's not like, and then the aliens landed or, and then there was a body swap or something like that. Yeah. He didn't, August Wilson was not doing a lot of that. Um, at least not in these plays, maybe in others. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe some of the other ones, maybe his freaky Friday take. Uh, is coming later and I just haven't gotten there. I'm, I'm sure it is, yeah. Um, it's a lot of like, I mean, like realism. It's it's mm -hmm. what we talk about with realism, but probably actual realism. These are the types of things, mm -hmm. uh, the day-to-day -day lives, but like raising that to um, art. That yeah. <laughs> we get that a lot with like Death of a Salesman and these things, um, these like canonical classic plays that are about um, kind of the mundanity of white life, uh, but seeing that in a different perspective from an absolute master uh, yeah. has been uh, really 
uh, interesting. I've really enjoyed uh, it. Hasn't I said it was a homework assignment, but it hasn't felt like homework at all. I've really enjoyed uh, a lot of these plays, and I hope Denzel Washington keeps producing them uh, as films because he did Fences and then he produced Ma Rainey, uh, and I thought both of those were incredible. Mm-hmm. So let's keep that train a rolling. Yeah, well, that was really cool. That was a great kind of overview of the work, and yeah, that's a really interesting. I become kind of obsessed. Uh, yeah, I can like, tell, but in a good way. Yes. I mean, I think that's really interesting. Which for me, a healthy obsession, as opposed to just being obsessed with random nonsense that doesn't really help or matter to anybody. Yeah. Uh, so that's big. Real turn for you. Real change there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Try to branch out uh, in year two of the pandemic, <laughs> trying to see where we go with things. <laughs> All right, is it time for our first uh, commercial break? Oh, yeah. So so thank you for enjoying our What Are You Reading segment. Now let's uh, take a quick commercial break. This episode in particular is brought to you by the Dewey Decimal number 539. Um, I want to tell you, and I put this as a note kind of for Greg in our doc, but I, I'll just be honest with you. Uh, it took me 10 times to random number generate a three-digit number that actually had books in it in the Dewey Decimal System. It kept giving me random ones that, as far as my library is concerned, uh, there were zero books. (laughs) And when I looked more specifically, I found, I don't know who's reading books or publishing books or categorizing books in these sections. So this week is brought to you by the Dewey Decimal number 539. Some highlights from that section include Strange Glow, The Story of Radiation by Timothy J. Jorgensen, or could be Jorgensen, could be a soft J, Uh, and Gravity, How the Weakest Force in the Universe Shaped Our Lives by Brian Clegg. Uh, So clearly, this must be a science section, (laughs) which took me a minute, because I'm a former English teacher, uh, as Dr. Baum is. These are two books I'd never heard of, but immediately went, wow, there are non-literary books uh, that could be pretty fascinating. Yeah, those Uh, sound like, those bring those right up for weeding. Let's get those out of there before uh, (laughs) before a kid gets their hands on them. Yes, yeah, Yeah. those are going right to my personal bookshelf. Right. uh, Get those books out of the hands of kids. Yeah. They don't need these kinds of things. Exactly, 539, okay. 539, thank you 539 for sponsoring the pilot episode of shh. We wouldn't be here if it weren't for No, we could not have afforded to do this <laughs> without 539. All right. Well, now let's get to the meat of the show. What really brought us together, what we plan on doing potentially with every episode, certainly with every other episode, what librarians really love more than anything. It's, it's a good book review. Yeah, uh, our previous two, what we just talked about, uh, our other book talks a second ago were clearly not full reviews. They were just telling you what we're reading because you're interested. Yeah, you thought these two guys seem like I'd like to be friends with them. I wonder what they're reading for this. This is a full segment dedicated to one book that does not have a title. The book has a title. I was going to say it doesn't have a title yet. The book does have a title. The segment does not. Uh, so send in your suggestions 
to whoever will listen to you because we don't have a, an email or anything for this. So just whoever you want to shout out suggestions to you. This is where the know. music's going to be playing. The music's going to be real <laughs> loud right here. Some of the ideas I wanted to kick around were uh, novel discussion because I'm a dad. and that's... You have leaned into that. Yeah, you really leaned into those dad jokes. I was really, when I... I was going to say when I thought of that, although it's not like I invented that idea. Uh, I really liked it just for the dad pun uh, yeah. side of it. Uh, book whispering, uh, which I think goes well with our podcast yeah. title of Shh. Yeah. Or uh, if we can get some of you librarians who are selling your library's weeded nooks on Marketplace to sponsor <laughs> us, uh, we could refer to this as the reader's nook, which again, it's a nice little pun there. And uh, those of you that are making, I don't know, twos of dollars yeah. uh, on those yeah. nooks that you we spend a lot more case. on. Yeah. Oh, in yeah. case yeah. that is a, that's like a mint kind of situation. There. Yeah. That's you're making yeah. maybe tens of dollars. They don't make that. them like this anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> the absolute most truthful slogan for any product you could put out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so for now, we'll just call it the review segment. Uh, again, we are hotly anticipating your suggestions yeah. as they come in. We would like to focus for the most part, or at least for the first little while, um, on uh, the Gateway nominees, those 15 books nominated by uh, Mazel librarians and readers to highlight for the year that are high quality for a YA audience. Dr. Baum, is there anything I'm missing in the gateway explainer or do you think no, I nailed I think that's it? Good. Yeah, we, they try to pick from a variety of genres for the nominees and it still tends to have a, lean more heavily towards realistic YA, don't you think? I mean, like... Yes, this year especially was very... Uh, or for next year, for 21-22, is very... Uh, realistic was uh, and that's heavy. something that we could probably talk about at some point on one of these episodes in some ways i think that might be a problem you know anyway we can talk about that another time but yeah anyway to these are nominees for the gateway readers award and we're just going to kind of talk about them in turn and yeah i think that's it yeah help you get a chance to if you haven't read it yet if yeah. if these books are not uh in your pile just yet you can get a sense of maybe who this is for you could yeah. If this is edited very beautifully, this could maybe even be used as a book talk for you. But in fact, it will be. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It, well, will be used as a book talk for you. Maybe will yeah. be edited very well. Probably not. <laughs> uh, just so our listeners know what they've gotten themselves into. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I was about right to. Yeah. yeah. I was about to pick up the book and hold it in front of my camera uh, <laughs> that nobody can see. But yeah. Greg, you're really in that virtual learning mode. That. Um, yes. Yeah. Although seeing your face is more faces than I saw, I think, in the entirety of the lessons I did virtually. So <laughs> this is new. This is exciting. To yeah, see I should have turned my somewhere. camera off to really replicate yes. the experience. Yes, mute yourself. Turn off <laughs> your camera. Uh, just let me assume that you're enjoying yeah. whatever it is that we're talking about. Um, okay, so the first book that we're going to do uh, in this book review segment for you is The Field Guide to the North American Teenager by Ben Philippe. I assume I'm getting that pronunciation correct uh, since he is right. French Canadian. Yeah. The author is French Canadian. I don't know if the name specifically must be, but Ben Philippe. This is the first one I read 
uh, of this year's crop. And it is uh, set at a Texas high school where Norris, uh, a black French Canadian transplant to Texas, uh, has just moved with his mom who took a job at the nearby university. Uh, Norris is, uh, as I said, a high school student, I believe is a junior in high school. And he's pretty skeptical uh, about the new town, about the people that he's around. Uh, he kind of views everything around him as a, a bit of a cliche uh, and leans into that as he goes. Um, his field guide kind of refers to these notes that he's taking about people. Uh, and the book is set up uh, in that way. Um, you have Madison, the beta cheerleader. These are the ways that he describes them. Uh, and Artie, his manic pixie dream girl. Um, and then a, a cast of other, um, I would say fairly, at least as rendered by the narrator from the beginning, a fairly stereotypical look at high school life, right? There's like yes. the jock and his group of jock friends yeah. uh, and the alpha cheerleader and kind of like the mean girls mold. Then he's got this one character, Liam, who becomes his, I guess his, his best friend uh, yeah. in the new town. Yeah. Uh, unwillingly, yeah, of, yes, yeah. yes, very interestingly, unwillingly, yeah, uh, becomes his best friend. Uh, Norris becomes Liam's friend. Liam's just all for, I, I don't really care what your attitude is, yeah. and I don't really care how you're gonna uh, respond to things, but like you seem like an interesting person, so we're friends now, yeah. But what I liked about this book, and this is how I've kind of sold it to my students, um, recently is I like that it feels fairly realistic, even for realistic fiction. Mm -hmm. um, it's not, again, there's no aliens, there's no magic. There's not even any kind of, I didn't find the drama to be too over the top um, that it seemed like, oh, come on. There's no, no I way. I agree with that. It was, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's it was unrealistic in its portrayal of that. I mean, it was a story still, but yeah, no, I think it, the stakes and the conflict were pretty realistic. Yeah, which uh, um, I'll be honest, I appreciated quite a bit. Um, compared that was one of the things you sold me on when you were talking to me about. That was one of the things that you brought up. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I like, I don't know. I, I If it's a fantasy story, if it's a sci-fi, if it's mm -hmm. something like that, I'll, whatever, I'll dive in. Mm -hmm. But the kind of crazy plot contrivances that some books have to get into mm -hmm. and, and then still call themselves realistic. Right. Um, it, this didn't feel that way that this and on top of that uh i said norris is a black french canadian transplant his parents i think are haitian uh immigrants to canada i thought at the beginning like oh don't don't do the thing that some of these books do where we get 55 again like of these contrivances right of like how can right. I make this character something crazy? But it didn't feel that way. It just sounded it as I was reading it to myself yeah. out loud, as I do. Um, I like to hear the books, so I, I don't get audiobooks. I just read them out loud to myself. Um, of course. Man, that would be terrible. Oh, and we could not call the podcast shh if that was the case. Um, but I, when, I, model. Yeah. <laughs> when I flip to the back flap uh, with the author information, well, the author is black French Canadian uh, and had moved to uh, different parts of the States. Uh, so that's why it kind of didn't come across as crazy. It didn't come across as yeah. uh, you're doing this for the sake of your book, uh, but you're really just telling your story. 
Well, and I think like one of the things that I appreciated about this book, and and Dan knows this was um, maybe not one of my favorites, but I one of the things I appreciated is that Norris is like this really interesting character um, who is somewhat sympathetic in some ways, and we can talk about that some more. And so, in some ways, he's not, but. Um, he's, there are, I guess what I would say first about the character choices, there are, we have so many books in our library about black boys who are, live in this decaying urban environment and get involved in gangs or love basketball and have a conflict with their friend about that. And I think those books are good and they serve an audience, but there are not a lot of books about black boys who are smart and snarky and just trying to live um, a suburban teenage life you know, with educated but difficult parents. So in that sense, I really, I really think that this is like enriches the library collection and that's an awesome thing that it brings to the table. I, I think that's a, a perfect way to think about it and to talk about it. Um, yeah, the, the story <laughs> that has divorced parents who are both still uh, loving of their child that right. are both still involved in their child's like yes there is divorce and there's separation physically uh, mm -hmm. from uh, the dad but it's not in the this destroyed everything in this person's world mold right. which right. like you said it is those are real stories too right but that's not all of our students stories that's right. not seeing all of our students if that's what we purchase uh, right. our books for our uh, audience for our patrons, assuming that all of our students of color are having these, as you said, desolate urban experiences, uh, is a disservice. Right. So right. yeah, I, I really, I love the way that you talked about that. That's, that's absolutely right. This is a character that a lot of people I think can see themselves in Yeah. because his struggles are, I don't want to say normal, but they're not crazy i think the issues that he's dealing with are he does deal with some to some i mean this is really not the focus of the book but there are some ways that being black in texas affect him right but really the the thrust of the story is not about his blackness i mean is that do you feel like that's fair to say i think that's fair i think i think the story would be different if he was white yes, for sure absolutely um but but it's not a Nick Stone where like yes. the fact that he that Justice is black, right, in Dear Martin yes. is a is really the driving focus of that story in some ways. Yes. Um and and there is a scene, I'm not spoiling the whole book for anybody, but there is a scene later on in the book where he finds himself in one of those types of situations mm -hmm. where he's uh, has an altercation with police that could go very badly. Mm -hmm. that goes very badly oftentimes in literature and goes very badly oftentimes, maybe too, way too often uh, in real life. Mm -hmm. And it's not the focus of the entire book. Right. His parents have a discussion with him again, and you can see that this is a serious situation, mm -hmm. but it doesn't take this book that is otherwise fairly lighthearted mm -hmm. and turn it into, like, it doesn't make a tonal shift. Right. I think I, I was talking to somebody, like, it's lighthearted, but not lightweight. Uh, mm -hmm. Because it does touch on some things. It does. Uh, it doesn't turn its back mm -hmm. 
on what Norris might actually go through in this situation, it just does, as you said, doesn't make it the crux of everything. Right. Uh, the love interests, plural, in the story for him are not, like his his race is kind of important in one of them mm-hmm. um, and maybe less so in the other. And that's talked about in like the experience of, of having immigrant parents is mm-hmm. a portion of it. And there are, there are things there that come into play um, but it's not a book that is as yeah it's it's not that it's not let me tell this story and that's why I thought it was neat because it's unique yeah. it's not yeah. trying to be uh, dear Martin or dear Justice or the hate you give or right. whatever right. it's it's its own book and it kind of relies on this author's story this author's own kind of personal experiences to an extent but one of the things that turned me off to this book it was. Um, Norris's view of the people around him that he was he is extremely cynical and I think that title of the field guide this idea of Norris as an observer kind of on safari is fun in the epigraphs for each, for each chapter like that part is fun but the actual the fact that it carries through and he really does kind of see for a lot of the book not the whole book but for a good portion of the book he kind of sees everyone around him as much stupider than he is and as you pointed out, as stereotypes and cliches, Ben Philippe is funny. I mean, they're like it, the writing is funny, but I don't think it's, it did not feel like a teenager's humor. It felt like an older person's um, <clears throat> kind of snarky critique of high school, which to me did not feel authentic to a teenager. That All that being said, that those were why it was not my favorite, but I think teenagers, there are, there is a group of readers who, teen readers who enjoy that kind of snark and kind of really cutting sarcasm. And I think as you think about who would enjoy this book in your library, those people might really respond well to that humor. There are people that feel, there are people that feel marginalized in high school, right? I was one of them. (laughs) Um, And there is some fun in distancing everyone else by making them these stupid objects of your observation, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, and I I think, uh, I hate this uh, way of thinking about things, but when teachers ask and they go, do you have any books that boys would like? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, which is such a reductive way to think about it. Because yes, I have a library filled with books that boys could like. Right. uh, Because I'm a boy and I like a lot of them. Um, You're going to list them now. Yes, I hold on. Let me pull up Destiny. Let me just go. I'm going to start uh, at 000.001 and we'll go from there. Uh, This book to me is one that I will absolutely consider pointing to some of those reluctant readers, uh, especially boys who are like, I don't know. I don't care about uh, science fiction. I don't care about fantasy. Right. I just want to, I don't know, just a book that's kind of funny, a book that gives me something to whatever, like this, I think for a lot of those kids could be that book. Yes. Um, whether whether it's for you uh, or for me uh, right. is different, right? It's right. just no, who is agree. that person? Uh, it is definitely worth having uh, in your collection. Like this year, that book for me that I tried to send um, kind of my reluctant readers was um, Neanderthal, what is it? Uh, opens the, the door to the universe. Opens the door to the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, again, it was kind of that outsider, kind of that snarky humor. That one was more issue driven than Field Guide. 
field guide, I think, has less of the angst and the yes. It had the opportunity to do it, but yeah, for any number of reasons, probably chose not to. Yeah, uh, where I think uh, is that Preston Norton wrote the yeah, Neanderthal uh, one, yes. uh, leaned a little bit further into uh, the what was going on, kind of behind what the other characters would have seen. Right. Um, this one you have you have the racial issues and the immigrant parents and the divorce, and you have uh, issues with depression um, mm-hmm. and things like that that come up, but not. I was going to say not uh, delved into so deeply, but maybe delved into the amount that actual teenagers might with their friends. Right. Um, That not all teenagers are necessarily going to go, I can see you're depressed. Can we talk about this for months on end and have it be the only thing, you know what I mean? Or like, I see that you're having a struggle with this. Can this now dominate our lives? Right. They might go, I acknowledge this. I see this, but I don't want this to be the only thing that our relationship is built on or that our conversations can be about. Yeah. Uh, unlike Greg and I, who are right. very one note, uh, we die. We only talk about the deepest of issues yes. as they relate to young adult fiction. This is just yeah. an extension. Always of through. Yes. All right. Is it time? Do we have anything more to say about it? Or are we going to do our commercial break? Uh, I think this is good. I think um, we got to get to our guest. Our, yes. Oh, our, we need to make sure they have time guest. for our guest. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll head to commercial. Uh, right now. This episode is brought to you by Book Tape. That's right, Book Tape. Is there a tear in your book? Do you need to tape it? Get Book Tape. I'm convinced. Yeah. I'm going to buy. Yeah. I feel like I, didn't I nailed have that. Any, but yeah. I'm going to get some. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Book Tape, for that uh, that sponsorship. Um, you know, we are running out of time. Uh, we we wanted to get our guest in. She's in the waiting room right now in our Zoom. Just in the wait room. Yeah, the wait room. room. Sorry, yeah. the wait. Well, yes, yes. Yeah. This particular guest. Thank you for that yeah. pun. Yeah. Uh, that was really just for me. Uh, this particular guest, uh, one Carrie Lampy. Uh, yeah former English teacher, like both of us are, we used to yeah. uh, all work together, uh, turned PE teacher. Yeah. Uh, was going to come on. Yes. Yeah. She was going to come on and give us uh, a lot of thoughts uh, on what she's been reading and, and new uh, books for PE professional development and any number of other yes. things. Yes. Uh, but we ran out of time. Uh, sadly, uh, our, our sponsorships only paid for a certain amount of time. So Carrie, very sorry. We're um, just going to do screenshots of our Goodreads page in the show notes. So you yes. can just go there and see what Carrie's been reading. Yep. Uh, yeah. We'll try to get her on next time uh, and, and see if we can't get her uh, out of the weight room and into the actual room <laughs> yeah. uh, to have uh, a deeper conversation. So Carrie, our, our greatest apologies. Uh, Dr. Baum, any last thoughts? No, uh, this is, I've enjoyed doing our first one. I'm looking forward to doing more of these. Yeah, heavily edited. This might only be a five-minute podcast. So, yeah, the best 37 seconds. Yeah. You know, <laughs> That's why we didn't have time for Carrie. Yeah. We only <laughs> had time for a minute and a half uh, once we cut everything out. Oh, so, all right. Uh, all right. So until next time, I guess uh, we'll have to come up with some kind of sign-out. Yeah. Just... <laughs>